Welcome to the madness that is the Fright Club Podcast. I'm Hope Madden. And I'm George Wolf, and we're from madwolf.com. Did you like that, how I got the madness? Yeah, it's very clever. There. Our house in the middle of our street. Their house proud in that song. I don't know <laughs> about what we're going to talk about uh, this week is very house proud. But there's certainly some, some bad business going on. This week it's all about the home invasion. Some really chilling movies to talk about uh, that made the top five and even some that kind of bubbled under. There's, yeah. there's some goodies here. Yeah, there are. But uh, I'll tell you what, goodies, we've got some good stuff coming up uh, here in the next few weeks. We want to get right to an invitation to join us this Wednesday night, which is May the 11th. Yes. It's our next edition of Fright Club Live, and it is going to be a good one. It is. We are really excited. We're going to do a Ben Wheatley double bill. So we, we've we been wanting to do Kill List for Fright Club for a really long time. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What movie? <laughs> Kill List. Thank you. <laughs> and uh, and uh, and as it turns out, and this was uh, Jason Tostevin who works at Gateway and is also our senior filmmaker correspondent. Which and he'll be joining us here in a few weeks. He is to talk about the best first so far this so year. So far the year. But anyway. Anyway, he he says to himself, he says, High Rise is gonna open here pretty soon. Let's uh let's mesh these two things together. So we get to show High Rise several days early. It doesn't open till this weekend at the Gateway, but we get to show it as a double bill with Kill List on Wednesday night. And just to make things more exciting. We got the 35 millimeter print of Kill List. So awesome! Oh my so god! So this is, I mean, all these, all our Fright Club live events are fun. The crowd is great. The gateway is great. We do a little uh, um, happy hour uh, beforehand in the torpedo room, which is fun. Start about 6:30, then we go in and tape the podcast live in front of that great crowd at 7:30, and then at 8 o'clock, boom, the movies start. And yeah, this is going to be so much fun. Uh, the double feature. They're great movies. You know, High Rise is not a, a horror movie, but it gives us a chance to show it early, as you said. And also talk about our our, uh, our t- podcast topic is going to be our favorite tandems of horror non horror by the same director. That's so right. So it's gonna so, be so other much just good great stuff. double bills yeah. from you know one director, two kinds of movies, horror yeah. non horror. It'll so, be fun. It'll be so much fun. So uh, please make plans to join us. That's this Wednesday. Now talking about directors, <laughs> la- this is exciting. Last week uh, we got some great feedback from our pregnancy horror just in time for the beauty of Mother's Day. But we heard from the director of one of the movies. That's right, Jug Face, which was our number five. And, and you know, an, an underseen film that you can get on Netflix right now, and it's really very entertaining and interesting. And uh, director Chad Crawford Kinkle shared our post and then tweeted at us, and we peed our pants. <laughs> well, one of us did. I was like, oh, my God! No, I was very, very excited. Yeah, it's very exciting because it is a cool movie and, and well done. And we weren't just, you know, we weren't just brown-nosing. We, put, uh, we didn't think we were going to hear from him. No. We put it on the list. No. Um, so good stuff there. So uh, welcome and thank you for reaching out, uh, Mr. Kinkle. We appreciate that. And uh, also we look forward to, we heard from a couple of other podcasters that do a fun podcast uh, called Get It Together. It's uh, a, Yeah, another horror movie podcast. Yeah, Pete and Dave, who are also here in Columbus, right? So they're mm-hmm. local. They do a thing where it, it's, it's, it's pretty cool. They take a movie, a, a horror movie, and they give advice to the characters who, of course, so often are constantly making ridiculous decisions. <laughs> so there's probably lots of fertile ground there. And Well, uh, you know, it's funny. One of the movies that they talk about in a very recent podcast, it, it just bubbled under. We're going to mention it today. Just bubbled, bubbled under for okay. Home Invasion. Nice. So anyway, we've uh, got together with them a little bit, and we're trying to uh, arrange our schedules so they can guest on uh, Fright Club, and we can guest on Get It Together and do a little podcast cross-promote thing. That's right. So going it's going to happen actually in just a couple of weeks. Yeah. Uh, so all that's coming up. Thank you very much um, for for the support. As always, this you is. You want to mention the triple cast? Yeah. Okay. So yeah, that's going to be fun. And uh, also, our buddy uh, Corey uh, is going to join us again, and we are going to join him for more cross promote for his 
uh, award nominated right. this year, Triple Cast, uh, one of the Golden Spiral Media nominated uh, podcasts and the Podcast Awards. So I got my vote in, and uh, please do the same. Um, if I, I don't know, voting may be closed. I think but it if it's close. not, if it's not, vote for Triple Cast. It's great. We're going to guest uh, with him, and he's going to join us, uh, To What are we going to talk about when Corey joins us? So on his, we're going to talk about, uh, it's three separate podcasts, so three weeks in a row, and we'll talk about great uh, slasher sequels. He loves the slashers, that guy. He does love guy. the slashers. He's all about the slashers. And then he's going to join us for Best Final Girls. Oh, okay, good That'll stuff. That'll be a good one, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so lots of fun. Um, we keep keeping all in this this great big uh, horror loving community that keeps uh, reaching out. But that's great. We've heard from so many people. Awesome. You know, yeah, it's 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 a lot of fun. So uh, all that coming up. But we want to get to the topic at hand, which is uh, the madness of home invasions. Our uh-huh. house. It's you know, so often it's not our house in the middle of the street. It's our house out in the boonies. Yeah. Uh, which is a lot of these. How a lot of these come up, and uh, we'll get right to it. This is one at number five. Oh no, do we, do we want to talk about the the uh, bubbling unders or before or before we start or maybe well, after we, number yeah. five? Let's jump in and All then right. we can talk. All right, we'll jump in to uh, number five, and that is from 2010, and it's called Kidnap. <laughs> Hello, honey, honey, listen to me. Don't let anyone inside. Get in the house right now. Dad, do not. They're already here. Take your credit cards out and write down the PIN numbers. <laughs> They're, going They're not us. going to kill us. <laughs> They're, They're not going to kill us. us. <laughs> Expecting someone. No. I'm sorry to disturb you so late, but the neighbors heard someone screaming. I'm very sorry that I disturbed the neighbors. <laughs> Why did you pick us? Why did you pick us? <laughs> so don't let the name fool you. I mean, there is a kidnapping. There is. But this is... Most of the really horrific stuff is what happens back at the house. It's really the guy who gets kidnapped kind of has it easy, to be honest with you. And actually, you know what? The guy who gets kidnapped is Fernando Keo from the orphanage, which we love. He's the husband in the orphanage. Anyway, he buys a house in Madrid. And on the day that his he and his wife and his teenage daughter move in that evening, as they're still unpacking, there is a break in. Um, And it's... um, you know, uh, of all the movies that we're going to talk about today, the reason I think that Kidnapped is as unsettling as it is is because it seems the most realistic, right? These guys aren't there with, like, kids' Halloween masks on just to play cat and mouse, you know? They're when not they're thieves, right? Yes. They're, yeah, they're... And, and they know what they're doing, and they're there for a reason, but, you know, they're also bad men. They're bad men. So uh, so when the, the leader takes the dad... Uh, he kidnaps him, and he just takes him around all these ATMs where he's going to use his card, his wife's card, his daughter's card, and then they're just going to keep circling with the promise that if he doesn't do anything stupid, the girls at home are going to be fine. I, I like, yeah, I like when uh, the dad is like uh, early on, I don't want to see your face, and he's like, we're going outside, you know? Yeah. I'm not going to be wearing a mask. So, yeah, they're right there, you know, this guy, he's got a plan, yeah, and he's going to execute it, and uh, you hope that uh, if if the dad cooperates, things will turn out, but they really don't. No, I mean, that's one of the things that I really like about the film is there are two guys left back at the house, and the one, he's a young man, he's not a terrible person. I mean, he's obviously not a great person, but the other guy is just bad. He's just bad news, and it generates so much just queasying tension. You know, you know right off, bad things are going to happen here, you know? And But one of the things I like about the movie is that there's not a lot of stupid decisions happening. You know, uh, the, the behavior of almost everybody is, is, you know, reasonable and believable. 
Um, but you have interesting characters, especially in, you know, kind of the loose cannon bad guy. Um, and and uh, and and as different circumstances creep up the this the way everybody I mean, that's what I think is so unnerving is that the film is quite believable. And and um, not everything else is everything else. A lot of these other films, they feel like horror movies. And I'm not saying this doesn't, but it just feels like one that could happen. Yeah. And I want to hold off. I want to talk about the ending, but I think I want to hold off until we get to the next movies because the endings are a little similar uh, and maybe maybe a trend in some of these movies. But um, another point about this, it's one of those movies that has gotten the, I don't know if it's true or not, but it's said to be only composed of 12 long shots without cuts. Now, we hear about that in yeah. a lot of movies, but there really are cuts in there. You know, they find a way to do it in the dark, you know, with, with lighting and there's a cut. So I don't know if that's the case or not. There are some long shots, yeah, but whether are. it's only 12 long shots, I don't know about that uh, because the directors uh, can find a way to make a, uh, to make a very uh, clever cut as they did in um, Silent House. You know, that yeah. was supposedly one long cut. Right. You know, and they find ways to make a cut. But anyway, uh, Kidnapped from 2010, that is our number five movie. So uh, ones that just made, uh, just bubbled under the list, almost made the list. One that We've talked about before because it gets a lot of love that we don't particularly share, and that's your next. Yeah, and, and we've said before, we just need to watch it again. I mean, there are certain t- there, are, there are movies that just they just don't grab you the first time you watch them. You well, watch them later, and you think, no, you know, it's better than I remember. And number one, it's more of a horror comedy. It is. Which, at the time that we saw it, didn't really work as well for me as, as other horror comedies. You know, I, for, I, I think it, it, similarly to the way The Witch didn't work for a lot of people because the ad campaign made them think it was going to be one thing and then it turned out to be something else. That's what it was for me. When I saw the ad for this film, it terrified me. It, you know, when it says, you're next in Blood on the Wall. I mean, I just thought, this movie is going to scare the shit out and of I me. And I loved the animal masks. Oh, yeah. Those were cool. Yeah, yeah. But then it didn't, you know? And, and so I found it disappointing, but I do feel like I need to watch it again. Um yeah, which we should do, uh, but it didn't didn't quite make the list here. And another one, the classic, uh, with Audrey Hepburn and Alan Arkin yeah. as a bad guy. Wait until dark, where of course they break in and she's blind. Um, that one, not as because it's so old, not as horrific. No, uh, as, but very tense, very very, very tense. tense. Yeah, yeah, very, very tense. tense and classy. And actually, I was going to say the uh, the Get It Together Cup podcast. They recently covered. They talked about the movie Hush, right? Which is just streaming on Netflix. It didn't ever get a theatrical release, mm-hmm. but it's very similar, right? It's uh, she's uh, deaf mute. And, uh, and you know who the bad guy is? Good guy, Jim. Oh, from the good newsroom. guy, Jim. From, from the and, newsroom. And from uh, 10 Cloverfield, 10 Cloverfield Lane. Field he Lane, was yeah. Emmett. Yeah, so Emmett. He's one of those guys that you look, you, you see him in something, you go, I know that guy. Mm-hmm. Who is that? Well, because in 10 Cloverfield Lane, he had long hair and a beard. And it threw us, and yeah. I'm like, "That's good guy, Jim." That's good guy, Jim. So, yeah, and uh, and the hush is is uh, interesting, and and you know, and smart. Uh, I I uh, I didn't love it, but I liked it, and I, you know, I'd recommend it if you're just kind of tooling around Netflix looking for something. Another one that really could work on this countdown, and certainly a film that we both love is Inside. It's a home invasion. It is, yeah. Uh, maybe just because we have talked about it so much, yeah, uh, lady. But it certainly is a home invasion. Yeah. There's no doubt about that. Uh, and one I'm not really aware of, House on the Edge of the Park. Oh, so <laughs> so <laughs> that's uh, Ruggiero Diodato of uh, Cannibal Holocaust fame. Oh. So you can expect that it is so family fair, soul-deadening. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's bloody and grim and nasty for no good reason. Um, so if that's your bag, it, you know, it's, it's one that I think uh, it might be hard to get a hold of. You probably just have to sort of 
go online and see if you can find something illegal to watch it on. I could be wrong about that, but it's um, it's gross. It's it's just nasty. And, you know, it's funny because, you know, his films aren't super popular or that well known. But even for him, this is one that's not very well known. But uh, it is gross. Okay, those were some that just just didn't make the cut. And the reason that none of them did is we already have a tie. So we really are already covering six movies. Yeah, okay. All right, so let's move it up then to number four. And this is one. Talk about a trailer that that, that scared you. This trailer, when I first saw the trailer, it was like, oh, from 2008. And it's The Strangers. There's someone out there. home. Yeah, when the trailer first came out and it just showed uh, the scene inside the house where Liv Tyler is not aware that the, the guy is standing behind her in that mask. Mm-hmm. Like, no! Yeah. Um, so it's it's basically, that's just, that's it. They're trying to, Liv Tyler and Scott uh, Speedman. Speedman, they're trying to reconcile, I guess, um, and they're uh, in the out in the boonies in this farmhouse and uh, having a romantic evening and then the uh, the strangers come calling and uh, whew, it gets nasty, and it gets tense, uh, and it's very similar, I think. Uh, well, we'll talk about the ending, but um, almost to the point where I think some people seem to feel that the way some of these movies end has almost become a cliche in itself, mm. like the unhappy ending. Sure. But we're, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Um, it's, uh, it's a movie that I think, again, rightly or wrongly, the talk was that it was based on a real event, Right. Uh, yeah, and I think you can find some true crime cases that maybe are similar, but uh, according to the director, uh, Brian Bertino, uh, he said it's partially based on an incident he experienced as a child. He said one evening a stranger came to his door, asked for someone who wasn't there, and then left, and l- then later on they found that homes in their neighborhood had broken into that night. Oh. Um, so, you know, the fact is when they come to the door is, what's what, is somebody home? It's Tamara. Is Tamara home? Oh, my God. I and know, they just keep doing it. That's yeah, creepy. It's so creepy. And the masks. And it's funny. This movie actually didn't make very much money when it came out. It was kind of underseen. And yet it had a huge impact. Now, it's not the first movie to use masks like that. I mean, Wicker Man, obviously. Mm-hmm. But, but just look at how many movies in this list where they use masks. And the guy in Hush, he uses a mask. And, of course... You know, um, and the famous uh, scene in in Cabin in the Woods that I mean, it's it's and then, of course, the another home invasion movie, Purge. They, oh, yeah. Yeah, it, yeah. They've got I mean, you know, it's like this movie made an impact like in the pagans, horror community. Yeah. yeah. Like pagan masks. Yeah, uh, it did. It's very tense. And the, the whole film was shot entirely with hand, handheld cameras or steady cams. So you've got that movement. Throughout the whole thing. But you know what's funny about it? Because it's a very violent film. Yeah. And, you know, 2008, the 2000s, the first decade of 2000s, you know, horror porn was the big thing. I mean, the movies that came, horror movies that came out in that decade were very grim. And this is one of them. This is a very grim film. And yet, it's so elegantly shot. You know, like these wide shots, these 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 beautifully lit creepy, slowly moving shots. It's um, that it, I think it, it offsets the grim violence of it in this. It just creates this incredible atmosphere. Yeah. And two, uh, all, two other effects of those shots are number one, it gives you the impression of how 
alone they are yeah. out in the woods and also how big the house is, yeah. how many different ways the strangers could be in and not be seen yeah. or maybe find a way in that is not uh, known to the couple. Uh, yeah, you definitely feel alone out there, especially when they're trying to run to the car. Oh, yeah. You really get a sense of it seems so far. You they know, have so far to go to get to that car. I have to admit, the first time I saw this movie, um, with Liv Tyler's character bugged the shit out of me. I just kept thinking, she is so stupid. <laughs> and and that hasn't worn off completely. But, um, but you know, I, I just sort of, you know, in retrospect say, I'm not sure my thinking would be that clear in this kind of a situation. Right. So she still, she seems really stupid. <laughs> and uh, you talk about the ending. Uh, apparently, um, and as far as the ending goes, at first there was much more interaction and dialogue between the strangers and the couple in the original script. But in the end, uh, it was cut uh, with the feeling that they wanted to keep it more mysterious. I, I love that. Yeah, and I eerie. love that. Yeah, she only... That's awesome. You know, she continues to ask, you know, why mm-hmm. are you doing this? And they're, they give you that one classic answer. But other than that, there's just not much interaction, which makes it even more oh. incredibly creepy. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And that is uh, The Strangers from 2008. We'll talk a little bit more about that with the next movie because they 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 have a lot in common and a lot of people thought that uh had a feeling that the strangers was basically a rebooting of this movie our number three movie from just two years earlier 2006 it's the french film them or ills in the still of the night we hear things we see things things that aren't always there but tonight your imagination isn't playing tricks and neither are they them we've talked about this one before and um it is it is a brisk Cat and mouse chase, man. It's like 77 minutes long. And, uh, you know, and it has sort of a slow build. But then once it once it moves, it never lets you go. Yeah. Once she's on the run. um, And this one um, was apparently, again, based on a true incident um, on an Australian. Oh, I'm sorry. No, an Austrian couple that was murdered by three teenagers in their vacation home in Romania. So that's where this one came to fruition, I guess. Right. It's two Frenchmen. It's a a couple. uh, 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 And they move to Romania for work. So they're still sort of getting used to this house, which is huge. This huge house where they're living. This little boxes around everything. And they hear things. And, and of course, the man is, you're just just hearing things because it's an old house. And the woman is like, no, 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 I'm not. And and there are a lot of similarities with strangers. So there are a lot of shots where you can see that the people are in the house, but they don't realize the people are in the house. One of the things that sets it apart, though, is that they're children, um, right? You know, which is so creepy. Um, and 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 actually, um, you know, uh, there are several films on this list where the directors really make the most of kind of a hysteria around bored, sadistic youth. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that uh, especially the strangers in the, does, yeah. but especially in the two thousands, you know, when when school shootings became. I mean, they never existed before that. And then right. all of a sudden, it's like teenagers are just going to kill you. Yeah. 
You know, they suddenly became this mysterious beast that nobody could understand who could turn violent. And, and this this really minds that particular yeah, terror. And just unfeeling savagery. Yeah, yeah. Just not even caring. Exactly. Uh, that's, that's, that's very true. And you talk about the old house. It was filmed on a sprawling estate in Romania. And in fact, the house where they shot was so large that the production, they couldn't furnish all the rooms for the shooting. <laughs> but, but it gave them room that the entire production worked out of that location. Wow. This, this estate was so big. So it was kind of a little catch-22 about working there, but it worked. And also, I found this fascinating. The uh, crew, the, the marketing team, got a little Blair Witchy mm. with this uh, as a promotional gimmick. They had a website for this movie that ran a mock news interview where a woman is supposed to be Clementine's sister pleading for the safe return of her missing sister. Wow. And Lucas. So they got a little bit of that viral thing going on. It didn't take off as much as Blair Witch did, but they tried to mine that, you know, fake news sure. footage kind of thing. You know, uh, one of the things I want to point out, uh, there are, you know, a lot of people um, dismissed or, or not really dismissed, but dis- disliked this film because they felt that it was uh, xenophobic. And if you look at a lot of especially the European home invasion films, kidnapped included, um, it is very much it's it's scary foreigners. You know, in uh, kidnapped, they are Albanian. You know, it takes place in Madrid and the family is Spanish, but the intruders are Albanian. And uh, and and uh, are you going to sing the Cheers Albania Albania, song? Albania, <laughs> you border on the Adriatic. Your land is mostly mountainous. And the chief export, export is, is coal. coal. I'm sorry. <laughs> you love Cheers. You can't hear Albania without thinking of that Albania song Coach sang. I don't think that but Miguel Angel Vivas saw that episode. He seems. But, you know, it's uh, it's just an interesting idea and something to um, consider with a lot of these. I mean, for one thing, you know, in, in all of them, it's definitely an outsider that you can't understand. But yeah. it's in a couple of them, you know, it may take on more xenophobic thoughts. I don't know. Yeah, so this one uh, is tied in very closely to the endings we talked about before, both the strangers and this one do not have happy endings. So neither is kidnapped. Right. Neither is kidnapped. So (laughs) I mean, only one on this list (laughs) and it's ambiguous at best. It is ambiguous, but well, we'll get to that. But so it gets to that. Do do these, you know, there's a feeling out there that this become the cliched ending. Oh, okay. I already know, you know, they're not going to make it. Um, you know, is that become old hat now? Um, it's an interesting, it's an interesting, at least, discussion about how you want to end one of these movies. Of course, people are always jumping ahead to how they think it's going to end. Yeah. But um, we've had a few of these in a row in a very short time span. You look yeah. at the, the, yeah. the years of these movies that have called that have ended the same way. Well, I mean, there. Are, I, I think that it's it, it it depends a lot on, like you said, the time span. It depends on a certain era of filmmaking because the the home invasion films have been made more recently. Um, sort of challenged that and then the ones of from the 70s and 60s also challenged that so it was really you know uh, you know my feeling is that uh 2000 to 2010 in particular horror films were grim Mm -hmm. they were they were punishing um and then you know you've got the savage 70s and you really don't know what's going to happen in those i mean that's just these maverick independent filmmakers did whatever they wanted to but um um this, you know, this, it's funny. This is a topic that I, I think it gets meaner than a lot of, of other ones do. It really does. Mm-hmm. And I think partly it's because it's a, it's a genuine universal fear of 
someone invading your home. Oh, yeah. You know, and so I think it might be easier. They're not there's not a lot of imagination necessary to write these. It's like, what are you afraid is going to happen? There's nothing else. There's a lot of rape happening in these movies. There are. Yeah. And which normally I like to avoid in a movie. I mean, but but the the ones on this film in on this list, I don't feel like the it's just exploitation purposes. But and but again, I think it's because it's a very realistic fear. And and uh, and that's realistically what you're afraid is going to happen if somebody breaks into your house. Yeah, and it's a different uh, view, a different, I guess, treatment of the audience. You know, we've talked before about movies like the original uh, Hills Have Eyes where, you know, you do something early on so that the audience is so unsettled. Oh, my God, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, what's I don't gonna, know what they're going to do. You can't fall back on those, those you know, safe feelings. Like, oh, they won't do that right. because you just don't do that. Right. Uh, so these movies don't really don't seem to have a, a care about that, making sending the audience home with any sort of victory, you know, feeling that, oh, we beat them or right. anything well, like that. S- some, some of them kind of do. A little bit. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> so, so uh, maybe it just says something about me. Some of the ones that didn't make this list do. <laughs> <laughs> and we don't like those. But uh, that's number three. And number two, we'll get out of these decades and go way back to those uh, savage 70s. Uh, from 1971, the infamous Sam Peckinpah and the original Straw Dogs. Okay, you've had your fun. I'll give you one more chance. And if you don't clear out now, there'll be real trouble. I mean it. This is David Sumner. He thought he could find peace and refuge. Instead, he found that a man can't hide forever. I care. This is where I live. I will not allow violence against this house. Straw Dogs. And also one of the most uh, iconic movie posters, I yes. think, in years. Yes. Um, the, the original, of all time. Yeah, the original with his broken glasses there yeah. from Dustin Hoffman, who, if you're not familiar, is a meek, very pacifist kind of guy. And he's married to Susan George, and uh, he, because of moving back to her little small town in England, in England, um, he's a writer, and he wants to get some writing done. But uh, old old friends come a calling, especially her old boyfriend, and uh, he has to deal with violence that he has avoided. He it comes right into his house and uh, into his person, and he has to react to it. Yeah, which is. At the time, very, very much a social commentary. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, of course, Peckinpah, it's all about the violence. Yeah. And uh, how one man who was against violence is uh, resorted, has to resort to it to survive. Yeah, I think, you know, uh, and uh, Peckinpah is a very challenging director. And, uh, you know, a lot of people point to him as a misogynist and point to this film as uh, evidence of that fact. Personally, I think he's just a misanthrope. I think he hates everybody equally. That's my take on it. Lars von Trier, yeah, a little bit. And um, and and you know, this touches on a lot of the themes that you'll find in a lot of his films. And basically, he, I would say, struggled with the concept of masculinity. And I think while you can see that in every single movie he ever made, this boils it down to just that mm-hmm. he has an he had an issue with men who weren't in his manly, esti- manly. Yeah. And so it's not just that. Uh, all of the all of the townies hate 
Dustin Hoffman's character because he's soft and not manly to them. And then basically they challenge that because they're very alpha until he has to be. But one of the things that I love about the film is that so he does. Right. He does. He becomes violent and vengeful and, you know, alpha. Right. He does. Mm But that doesn't make him a better person. That's right. what I love about this movie is that even though it doesn't end in the grim way of the ones the films that we were just talking about, you know that none of these people are better off for having won. Mm-hmm. They're not. They're 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 destroyed as humans. Their humanity has been scarred beyond repair. But you know they live. So yeah. I, I love that about this film. But uh, but he's also saying, look, you can take this idealistic guy, but if I throw enough of you know the world's meanness at him he cannot hold to his ideals right he has to resort with violence in the face of violence um but uh that, that's very true i think about about uh, it's a good point to say that they're not better off for it it's just maybe animal instinct or something that uh he can't he can't avoid he likes to think he's above those sort of uh, primal instincts but he's not and uh in peckinpah's uh, biography uh, it is said about one third of the viewers walked out of the movie's first preview because of all the violence and the wow. subversive rape scenes and yeah. everything like that. Uh, but it's um, yeah, it's it's a case where the, the, the entire movie is not a home invasion. But once it gets down to the nitty gritty, he's defending his house. Right. He, right. He's defending his his property. His property. Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. defending his property, which yeah. is another peck and paw ism is that that's basically what she is. She is. Yeah. Um, and and these townies feel like they can take anything that's his including her and um and but and it's true the whole film is certainly not but it's a slow build to the inevitable um which is the home invasion and just uh so um uncomfortable uh you know uh so it just it just makes you unhappy you just you know it's just mm-hmm. just just sort of and the, and then and then the fact that where it's going is not going to make you feel any better about what transpires, uh, it's you know, it, but I, I don't want that to sound negative. I mean, it's a it's a masterfully crafted film. Yeah, and there was a lot of give and take. Uh, you know, the rape scenes, uh, which are infamous, yes, famous and infamous. Peck and Paul, as you might guess, even wanted them to be more so. But Susan George, I guess, it was a back and forth between her. You know, refusing. He wanted to focus more on a wider shot and her entire body, mm. and she insisted to become more just focused on her face, right. which really yeah. came out better. Yes, it did. And and a lot more controversial lot than more. it would have been if you'd seen her whole body. Exactly. Yes, uh, because, yeah, it's it's the intimacy and, and, yeah, the expressions on her face, that that's really what has made that scene mm-hmm. just live on. Yeah, but you can... You can Find that not, uh, it's not hard to believe that he wanted to be even more, no, you no. know, in your face and blatant about it. Right. But she, as an actor, as an actress, you know, has, you know, limits of where she wanted to go. And I guess they had to fight back and forth. And the fact that she won is, is better for the film. Yeah. Really. Uh, and then, you know, you, we can mention that it was remade a few years ago. Not anywhere close. Not uh, terrible. The, not but terrible. Needless. Yeah, it really, it really was. Yeah. Uh, it's very, very, they don't really make any big changes no. to it. Um, I don't think, uh, but it's you really got to go with the with the original. Oh, absolutely! Uh, from 1971, and that is number two on our list of home invasion horror. Straw Dogs, and that is the the fuzzy math we've saved for the top. Yes, but there's a good reason for that because they're basically the fa- the same films, shot for shot in different languages, and that is from 1997 and in 2007. Michael Haneke's Funny Games. 
What is it, honey? There's someone here. Could you please leave? Right now. Mr. Farber. What? Have a seat. Please. I'm Paul. It's easier when things are polite. Okay, let's play a game. You bet that you'll be alive tomorrow at 9 o'clock, and we bet that you'll be dead. Let's make a deal. That's awesome, really. It's playtime again. I think we've long said, you know, every single film that Michael Haneke has ever made, you need to watch. And Everyone. Watch, you know, watch him twice, and he made it easier with this one by making it twice. <laughs> He's so, so good. He can do anything. He can't do any anything. language, any genre. He's he's masterful. He is, and so you know when when a director of that magnitude makes a horror movie, you have to pay attention to it. And this is a divisive film. A lot of people hate this movie, so we should let you know that going in. But um, we love it. We love both versions. We love it. Mm-hmm. And it's it, it's funny, um, funny, funny games. Um, he told uh, Michael Haneke told uh, the producer during the production that if this film the original, and I guess the, the second one too, was a success. It would only be because audiences had misunderstood the meaning behind it, which is very, very, uh, very, him. very him, and also very tuned in because I think that's exactly what happened. Yeah. Uh, so many people misunderstood because he also has said that he didn't intend this to be a quote horror movie. Uh, what his idea was to make the film a moralistic comment about the influence of media violence on society, and that's. So, so true. It, it comes out. You, you can't escape that yeah. the way he makes it. And we've talked before about the one without spoiling anything. We'll say the, the TV remote scene. Sure. I think that's the one point that might go a little too far for me. I understand if it's not for you. Yeah. I do. To me, it maybe went one one little skosh too far. But other than that, I think he gets that point across very, very well in the fact that you're watching this. You are part of this. Yeah. Uh, you are part and parcel of this violence because you will not turn it off. Right, right. That, yeah, I, I think that's what makes the film so so um, uncomfortable for a lot of people. Like one of the reasons people don't like it is because, you know, he he insists that you are participating in these games. You tuned in. You might hope the family gets out okay. You might not want to see anything happen to that little boy, but you tuned in to see what horror was going to befall this family. And he's wagging his finger at you for doing it. Very much so. And uh, it's it's basically, if you're not familiar, very quickly, is the home invasion. These two very uh, polite and uh, very, you know, prim and proper upbringing young boys just uh, come in and you find out that they just continue to do this, move from house to house uh, in this upper crust vacation community and terrorize these families. Right. And they put it under the guise of, we're going to play a game. You know, I'm going to bet that you won't be alive at the end of the night and we'll see if I'm right and that sort of thing. And one of the things, I mean, one of the reasons that this works so well is because, you know, it's funny, they, um, is it, he just, Haneke just toys with social mores. Oh, yeah. You know, it's like, uh, because again, the, the, the behavior, they're not stupid. They're the, the, the families, they're unhappy with these boys being there, but I mean, they're not going to hit them with a baseball bat because <laughs> basically they're just trying to sort of give them social cues to right. say, get out of my house. Right. 
no, you can't have my eggs, you know? Yeah. But that's what the boys are expecting, and and so they're they're just toying with them. I mean, it's it, it I know I've said it before, it's an incredibly uncomfortable movie. And, and I think um, uh, the performances in both films are really magnificent, but... The two villains in both films are amazing. In the in the German language one, Arno Fritsch and Frank Gehring, and then in the uh, English language, Michael Pitt and Brady Corbett. Oh yeah, those guys. So they're, I mean, it's they are so breathtaking. Just yeah, you know, just yeah, just this bored sadism wafts off them, where you just think to yourself. What are you thinking? How can I get through to you? How could you possibly behave in this way? Yeah, it's it's awesome. And They're I love awesome. I love a moment early on uh, in the movie. It just kind of sets you up for how unsettling this is going to be as the family is driving to their vacation home and they're just listening to some nice music on the radio, and then all of a sudden, bang! Yeah. It changes to this thrash metal yeah. and these great big words on the screen. Very Gaspar Noe-ish, or I should say maybe, maybe yeah, Noe Gaspar followed him. Stolen, yeah, yeah. Big words on the screen and loud music, and it just shakes you out of this safe little uh, r- world yeah. you were just yeah. in, and it kind of sets it up for what's to come. And uh, there are so many ways throughout the movie that, like you said, they toy with the audience, and I love the fact that uh, about... Actually, exactly 95 minutes into the movie, because both movies, the the American version is pretty much a shot-for-shot remake of the original. But about 95 minutes in, uh, Paul, one of the uh, intruders, says, oh, we're not up to feature film length yet. (laughs) <laughs> Which, you know, I love that. It's just one of those co- comments. Oh, nope. I, you know, you're part of this and I'm going to wink, wink, nudge, nudge at you. And uh, just another one of those ways that uh, he gets the point across in such a such a a manner that to me, I just appreciate it even more. His craftsmanship about movies, no matter what he's doing, is just impeccable. It is. I think. And, you know, it's funny. I, this this and both of these. They're horror films made by a director who hates horror films. That does not usually go that well. Yeah. It doesn't usually go that well. And um, Well, because I think his point was not horror. It was like a social comment. Yeah. But he's so skillful in doing it that he can still make it be a horror movie, but yet have so much underlying commentary about it. It's, uh, it's just, well, it's just, just what he does. Well, I think there are a lot of people who might not consider this a horror movie, but I would, I would say... First of all, for the body count. And second of all, you're horrified. Mm-hmm. You are horrified by what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, so as as uh, you said, any movie that he does, see it. Yeah. Uh, and you know, one of my favorites of his, The White Ribbon. Uh, and it has. That's borderline horror. It is borderline horror. It's how horror, it's a, it's a commentary about how horror begins. Mm-hmm. Uh, see that. I mean, see that if you can. Oh, yeah. Love The White Ribbon oh, so much. Oh, my God, much. yeah. Uh, but that is number one and number one yeah. on our list That's of right. funny games from 1997 and 2007. Our home invasion horror. And by the way, if you're checking us out on iTunes, and we hope you do, uh, do us a solid. (laughs) The kids still say that. Do us a solid. And uh, give us a rating on there. I've noticed I was just on there the other day, and we have some very nice reviews. Appreciate that very much. But if you're you're digging it, if you're feeling it, uh, drop us a a new rating and a new comment. We would much appreciate that. So just just a double back to our double bill. This coming Wednesday, super incredibly excited about that. So please come out to the Gateway Film Center Wednesday, uh, 6.30 for some cocktails, 7.30 for the podcast, 8 o'clock for the first of the two Ben Wheatley flicks. Yeah, in 35mm, kill list, thank you, and right into (laughs) High Rise. So it's going to be fun. And as always, keep the comments coming. We love to uh, converse uh, with you on Twitter. That's easy. We're at MadWolf, M-A-D-D-W-O-L-F. Also, Mad Wolf Columbus on Facebook. Then we've got MadWolf.com, where we've got reviews of not just horror, all the movies, 
uh, Hope's review of Captain America Civil War on there this week, which we both liked very much. Also, Tale of Tales yeah. you reviewed this week, which mm-hmm. is not a horror movie, but freaky. Yeah, it is freaky. Very mm-hmm. freaky, very Dark. gothic. Yeah. So check those out. We always love to uh, just keep it going. So uh, hit us up. We hope to see you Wednesday. And until then, this was our home invasion horror. Not very house proud, <laughs> the, these intruders. So until next week. I'm Hope Madden. And I'm George Wolf, and this is the Fright Club Podcast. Stay frightful, my friends. Our house.